listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the adept weapons that Bungie recently announced. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms out there, you can always catch me live on YouTube, or if you want all my content in one location, SNTRnetwork.com. We're really trying to get everybody to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. It has a schedule of all the upcoming topics, as well as all the various pieces of content that I do in one place. So, the Adept Weapons came during the TWAB that I kind of already covered, and I lightly talked about them. I talked about the hand cannons and the rocket launchers, and I didn't want to do a video where I went through, like, literally every change that they're doing to every weapon, but I did think Adept Weapons was a good topic all on its own, for a handful of reasons. Number one, we have been waiting for a significant weapons update for a while, Armor 2.0 landed in Shadowkeep and really kind of changed the way that we think about armor, and I would love for a similar level of depth and investment to finally land on the weapon system. All we've really gotten in year three was a variety of newer perks that haven't changed much in our loadout or in the, or in the ways that we play. I know Osmosis was kind of cool on the outset, but we're kind of waiting for more. So the first thing I want to do is walk through what was announced, because I think initially even I misunderstood exactly what this was going to bring and how what was announced isn't all that exciting for some people who already kind of have a way that they approach guns and mods and what they look for on particular weapons so the first thing they said was when you fully masterwork the weapon you're going to get plus three to all the other stats along with the 10 plus to the masterwork stat that we already get and that's where I misunderstood. I forgot that we already got a plus 10. So if your gun rolls with a reload masterwork and you take it all the way to level 10, you get plus 10 to reload because the reload is the masterwork stat. All they're actually adding is the plus 3 to other stats. Now, I don't know about you, but the plus 10 never seemed to do that much. It was just a nice little teeny capstone. You know, obviously when you really want range or you really want a certain one and you don't get it, that's a bit of a bummer. But it only being plus 10 getting what amounts to basically like 33% of that on all the other stats. I don't even know if we're going to feel that um, unless it pushes a particular stat a little bit further, like range or something. I don't necessarily know if you're going to feel this. Now, I know people like to min-max and get as much as they possibly can out of a weapon, but with everything we know from weapon testing, this may be a purely cosmetic change. You see like the little yellow bars on all your stats and it's going to feel nice, but experientially in the game, as far as like the actual efficacy of the weapon, I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have at all. Now, the Adept Shader is a nice touch. It can only be applied to the Adept Trials or uh, of Osiris weapons and there's no geometric differences. Now, I do like, as far as like the geometry of the weapons, I would say going forward, that would be a really, really good thing that they should do. Adept weapons should physically look different since all you're actually doing is creating a unique shader that if you don't like that shader that's kind of it like there's no other way to really distinguish now they'll probably say adept in the name but i do think going forward if i was if i was in charge i would say the adept weapons need to have a physical difference or maybe even consider doing ornamentation they said they were no longer going to be selling legendary ornaments like they did for like the dust rock blues and the recluse and some of the other weapons i would say that would be a really great way to add a little bit of depth to the grind make it a rare drop but you could get some pretty cool ornaments that only can be applied to adept weapons as something very very limiting to make them stand out a bit more than just a shader 
again, if you don't happen to like it. Now, to be fair, in Destiny 1, adept weapons were black, and the non-adept weapons were, like, yellow. It was, like, yellow with black highlights, or black with yellow highlights. And the black with yellow highlights was pretty cool, and obviously what you're seeing on the screen here next to me is hearkening back to that. It seems to be a slight bit of a hat tip to where we've come from and when adept weapons first showed up in Trials of Osiris that predated Rise of Iron. Lastly, they talked about the Adept mods, and this this is where I think a lot of folks are questioning the validity and the depth of this. We're going to have to wait until we actually get it in our hands to conclude anything, but it's going to basically replace your existing mod. So if you really like running Icarus and you want to run an Adept mod, you're going to have to take your Icarus off. Now, we don't know what all we're getting. There's two types a flat stat increase to a specific stat, so just like plus 10 range or whatever or an adept version of existing mods that might cost you something. Like in the example they gave, minus 20 handling was the example. So you get an adept version of an existing mod. Now I don't know if that means you're going to be able to get like adept Icarus or adept targeting adjuster or something of that nature. I would think, given that this is PvP, the adept versions need to be interesting or at least somewhat winsome worthy of like, you know, you're trying it out and you're going to experiment because if you run adept Icarus and it costs you 20 handling or 20 range or something, you might do some experimentation and see like, is this going to work? Is it going to fit my playstyle? Is it actually going to make the weapon any better? But this is essentially what they announced about adept weapons. And I think some of this isn't going far enough. And many of us would obviously like to see it go further, especially those that play Trials every weekend. Secondly, I want to talk about how this is a razor's edge. I do think one of the concerns people had was if you're going to make adept weapons, just how strong can you make them before it becomes a problem? So the upper echelon of weaponry has always going to be a challenge. It was always going to be a challenge when specifically for a PvP mode. And this is what I mean. If you go into a raid and you make the guns in there really, really strong, specifically for PvE, you're not going to cause any major disruption to the game itself. You're obviously going to covet those weapons and want to go after them as a PvE player, but in the realm of PvP, this is a bit of a tightrope, okay? If they make them too strong, like the example I give here, Luck in the Chamber, you can create a very slanted rich get richer situation the more people that are winning and the more often they're going flawless the better the weapons that they're get you know the better the weapons that they're actually get and then it's easier for them to win luck in the chamber actually turns certain gunfights into a two tap as opposed to a three tap and that can be very problematic because you're actually throwing the time to kill rhythm of the game into upheaval Conversely, if you make them too weak, then they're then they just sort of short circuit as a loot incentive. The actual loot incentive of adept weapons completely breaks down if the most committed PvP players look at them and they're like, this really isn't that worth my time. It's not actually that strong, unique, or cool. Right now, unfortunately, it seems they leaned a little bit too much toward the too weak side of the tightrope. If you're you know if you're if you're imagining this is a tightrope that they're trying to walk, a razor's edge as I call it. I feel like they're taking the safe bet. They're leaning a little bit too much to the side of safe and not that powerful, and they need to lean a little bit more to the other side. Some of the ways I think they could lean toward that side is the stuff that we already talked about. Number one, have ornamentation or ge- you know geometric differences on the weapons so they look different as opposed to just a shader. Secondly, actually have adept mods that are going to sway the, the the competitive player away from Icarus or 
I don't even know what some of the other ones that people might run, you know, range or, or I think mostly people run Icarus or maybe targeting adjuster. Overall though, Bungie would want to look at that, that echelon of player and ask that question. What's going to motivate a really competitive trials player to switch to these adept weapons? And lastly, what about PVE? Now, obviously people are like, man, PVP never gets anything, Lono. Why you got to bring up PVE? Here's the thing. Nothing that was announced for the Adept Trials of Osiris weapons would be enough, in my mind, for PvE raid dungeon level gear. A little bit extra stats on a weapon, like plus three on some categories, and then Adept versions of some mods. That If that's what they do for raid dungeon gear, and I'm still chasing basically the same weapons that I'm chasing now, because the Adept weapons in Trials of Osiris in this season 12 that's around the corner in Beyond Light is literally going to be the weapons that you've been chasing ever since Trials landed earlier this year, okay? If that's what they bring to the raids and the dungeons, I am going to be severely disappointed. That's not nearly enough to make me care or feel like it's a standout weapon. Those are minor differences. At, At their core, they're mostly cosmetic differences. When I go into PvE, a couple extra stats on all my, on all my, a couple extra points on all my stats is not nearly enough to make a weapon actually feel standout. I truly hope Bungie has more in store for the Destiny 2 Beyond Light Raid loot pool because slight stat bumps just ain't it. That is not what Genesis Chain was. That is not what the Fatebringer was to the players. It wasn't like a slight stat bump. It was a significantly different, unique, gotta have this weapon that stands out. Maybe it's close to best in class. Maybe it is best in class. You've really, really got to take things higher than a couple of extra stats. We need unique standout gear that drives us to that class classic endgame destiny loot farm from the past i don't have nostalgia blind nostalgia about d1 but we really need to recapture that feeling of i've got to have that weapon from the raid it's standout it's unique it's better if the only thing that really is different on them is what we've seen outlined for trials weapons i am severely concerned about this upper echelon of loot they're building because sunsetting was implemented for this very reason and all we've seen right now is not as we were promised recluse level gear it sounds like slight min maxes to a weapon stats which is just not strong enough in my mind number one for many people to justify sunsetting number two to actually feel like the 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 raid weapons are worth it so if you're in the live audience right now we're going to transition to q a you can submit questions if you're a paying member if not stick around q a is always a good time hit subscribe and like if you're listening elsewhere be sure to bookmark sntrnetwork.com or as always you can go subscribe to the youtube channel as always if you're listening to any of the locations please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about adept weapons. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or any of the audio formats, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. If you'd rather have all of my content in one place as well as the uploads, because we no longer upload on the live channel anymore, go to SNTRnetwork.com. SNTRnetwork.com has all three of my shows, Repeat Theater, Rageous Roundtable, and SNTR Presents, as well as schedules for both the watch parties and the subjects that we end up covering here. So, I'm going to jump right into the questions. We've got 15 submitted. First one from Clap for You. With Adept Weapons being announced, and Elite players now chasing Endgame, do you feel that the currency should change for normal weapon chase? 
I don't know what you mean by the currency could should change for normal weapon chase. This isn't this question doesn't make any sense. You're gonna have to qualify uh, what you mean. At the present time, there is no currency that is used in weapon chase. I mean, umbrals. If that's what you're referring to, umbrals have their own currency, but trials currency applies to the ingrams from Saint fourteen, and then the currency with Zavala and Shacks is literally just for like an ingram drop so there really isn't any sort of a weapon chase um oh maybe that's what you mean do you feel the currency should change for the normal weapon chase so you maybe he means move away from um tokens or something i don't have a strong opinion here if that's what you're driving at like i don't necessarily think they need to restructure what happens with the normal weapons i do think from a philosophical standpoint you can be really really generous um with the normal drops they can just drop like crazy um because does he mean master working if he means master working I, yeah i don't think we need to make the uh i don't think we, we need to make like necessarily like the, the normal weapons different in that regard either i would say they can be super super generous with the drop rates though if i'm just playing trials and i'm i'm in games you know two three and four and f- even five you can just have the the normal weapons dropping like crazy. Who cares? They're not the adept. They're not the best. And so that's going to keep me coming back. You know, if the more casual PvP crowd knows they can jump in week to week and and just get pretty generous drops of all of the normal weapons, I think you'd have a pretty full funnel of players. Um, the token system and the and the you know they, they they started giving you less tokens, but they removed the win requirement. I'd get rid of all that crap. I think tokens are great because tokens give you a reason to play all weekend. But if you bring back that Iron Banner, remember the Iron Banner appeal during Rise of Iron? It had this really nice appeal because you could essentially just grind like crazy and be getting drops the whole time. If you treat trials the same way, I think a lot of folks would be like, dude, let's just go play. You know, every every other game or so we're getting drops. Doesn't matter if we win or we lose. Obviously, you don't want people going in and AFKing and throwing for drops all weekend. You'd want to make it to where you, you have some motivation to win. Like your drop rates and your chances of drops are better. Um, when you're actually winning and getting kills, like they could have something there that, you know, if you get zero kills and, and you just throw, lose 5-0, zero kills that you don't get a chance at a drop. So people would at least have to run around and get into gunfights. Um, even if they are quote unquote throwing, but again, you'd want to motivate people that like the drop rate gets better. You know, the more wins you have on your card or something. So sure, you get a couple losses, but once you get enough losses to reset your card, you're going to lose that buff. Like, every win on the card adds to the drop rate chance or something. Just the idea being, keep people playing all weekend, keep people in the funnel, and you're and, and you're totally in your right to do that, because they're not the adept weapons. I originally had no problem with the tokens. I thought, yeah, it'll keep people playing all weekend. They just need to be really generous with them and re- remove a lot of the restrictions. But I really think what would what would really revitalize trials and help is to bring back that that feel of end game drops and that that chase of of not feeling that oh the only way I'm going to get anything is if I win or go to the lighthouse. Just keep people in the funnel all weekend long. That'd be my goal. Chef, with the next question. With the addition of adept weapons into trials, do you think the elite players moving toward the end of the cards will be paired with an injection of more casual players into games one through three? See, this would be the hope, yes, that there would be an equilibrium within the player base. 
So if you have a huge influx of players and you get back up into the, you know, the three and four hundred thousands of players on a given weekend. So when the weekend's all over and done with, you would hope to get closer to 500,000 players or more that logged into trials over over a given weekend. Um, when in a given day, you can have, you know, 900,000 playing PvE and 600,000 people playing PvP, you would hope that after an entire weekend, you can get closer to the five and six, maybe even higher, you know, six or 700,000 players. You would hope that that's what you'd start to see because that's not a 24-hour period. It's a three-day period, right? You should be able to garner that. It's a little bit harder. Non-match made. Got to get a fire team. But still, that that funnel should really fill up if you do things properly. And if that were the result, then just natural player equilibrium would happen. There's way more casuals and mid-lane players, and they're going to tend to gravitate toward the bottom of the card because they're not going to win games 5, 6, and 7. They're going to have too many losses on their card by the time they get there. They're just not good enough. And then the really, really good teams are going to get to games 5, 6, and 7, and that's when the competition heats up a little bit, and the games take longer. You don't steamroll 5-0 really quickly. You go 5-2, to 5-3, you know, 5-4. and four. You play more rounds. The games take longer. The better players, you know, they end up taking a little bit longer on the back half of the card. And if they go flawless, they go to the, you know, they go to the lighthouse. That takes time. They're not hanging out in games one through three as often. They're hanging out on the back half of the card. The back half of the card should be known to have games that last longer, more skill on the field, and fundamentally lead to the best teams going to the lighthouse, which means once they hit game five, all the way to the lighthouse is a really big chunk of time where they're not in the lower echelon player pool. And so the lower player pool should feel more like a... Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, it's kind of like if you've ever been to a wave pool, the amount of people in the wave pool thins out the closer you get to the deeper waters. You know, you got all that. You got just tons of kids and younger, younger aged folks at the front, all bunched up and close together where by the time the wave gets to them, it's less intense and they can laugh and have a good time. And the further you get in the wave pool, the, the, the more thin it gets. Well, that's just naturally how you would want trials to feel like that the front half of the pool is tons of people that are on the mid to lower end of the skill spectrum because they're just they're more quickly turning over the card and starting over than the people that make it all the way to game seven and win they're less likely to be in that lower end of the pool because the back half of the card just eats up more of their time um and more of their day so you would hope you would hope that 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 would be essentially the uh the result if they if they do it right a full funnel Lots of casuals is like actually good for literally everyone that wants to play Trials. Chapter 3 from Dro. With the news of Adept Weapons and Mods, as well as how acquisition will work, do you think that we will use the same system for Strike Adept Weapons? See the TWAB from September the 10th. <sighs> I don't honestly know what their plans are with acquisition but I did say this in my talk that as far as the mods themselves and like what masterworking will do I don't think that's enough for end game PvE grind if somebody's going to take the time to grind upper echelon nightfalls dungeons or raids on this side of sunsetting I better get more than some extra stats I'm just being real like that's not enough that's not enough you got to think Genesis Chain, like a unique standout weapon, a synergistic perk, something I can't get anywhere else. I don't want a hand cannon that's got 
the same basic feel and look and archetype and perk pool as all the other weapons and oh but you get plus three on all your stats if you masterwork it and you can run a better mod like that's not that's not what we're looking for we're looking for weaponry that's fundamentally different it's fundamentally at a different echelon of of loot and uniqueness and power now, I don't need to go to the, to the raid and get a gun that's basically a one-size-fits-all weapon that makes the rest of the weapon pool look like garbage, but I certainly need my raid gear to have more than some extra stats on it. That just isn't enough. It just isn't enough. Plus three on my stat might as well have been zero. Right, like, you barely feel the plus ten. I want you to get a gun that has a reload masterwork. I want you to use that gun for, you know, reload it like five or six times. And then I want you to masterwork it and get the plus 10 on reload. You're barely going to notice. If you barely notice a plus 10, plus 3 might as well not even be there. Like I said in my talk, it's basically cosmetic. You're just going to kind of see it and be like, oh wow, what a nice little stat capstone for my gun. It's not actually changing the gun's efficacy or strength. It's literally not. It's literally nothing. It's, it's non-efficacious nothing is how I would look at it. If, if I'm not feeling in the game, like, when I run, like, dr- when I run Dragonfly spec, I feel like I can kind of sense the size and how big it is, but I even think that doesn't quite go far enough. You know? I, I think you're going to want more than just that. You know, plus 10 stability is huge. There's just something about Focus Firefly and 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 the raid weapons that we remember the most, like Fatebringer and Vision of Confluence. You know, I think a lot of those, a lot of those um, weapons are are actually in a different category. You know, is is they're making they're making a weapon they're making a weapon that that you remember because of what it does not just because like well it had a little had a little extra you know bit on those stats you know had a little bit and uh, we really made it hit harder at further range you know so to me to me the, the the genesis chain is rememberable is memorable because it had a synergistic perk and it had focused firefly that was something i couldn't get anywhere else that's why i remember that weapon so if they don't if they don't hit that if they don't hit those markers i'm, I'm not going to be that excited about a hand cannon with a couple of decent perks and some extra stats i'm just it's not I, again you're saying it's going to be huge maybe in pvp that would be huge but like i don't really feel that need in in in, in garden variety pve content or even challenging content like a little extra stability a little extra range oh man i just Whew, what a difference that is, you know. Darksider. With the mods sh- uh, shown being called Adept Range and Adept Mag, it looks like once uh, other activities start getting Adept Gear, that you will be able to earn the same mods in all activities. Won't this negate a massive reason to go flawless, especially if we get Grandmaster Lake of Shadows for Adept Mod Farming? I mean... I honestly don't know that. I mean, that's good instinct. You're actually touching on something that I would hope maybe even the raid weapons aren't called adept. Maybe it's a strike thing. And like you're saying, well, then you could just grind, you know, Lake of Shadows or whatever. 
I mean, they might not let you do that though with how the with how the mods are dispersed or acquired. That might not be an option, you know. I would I would think I would think they're going to have to separate them. Or at the very least, at the very least, it's probably okay to have like the generic stat ones or the generic adept ones dropping everywhere, but maybe there's specific ones that drop in the activities. Like there's adept mods they haven't quite experimented with and shown us yet, and those could start dropping in in the in the trials and then have different ones for raid, dungeon strikes, you know, etc. so that you have a different motivation for going in those activities. Because if I can get every single adept mod from running a Lake of Shadows Nightfall, then, you know, I'm probably going to do that, like you're saying, as opposed to trying to go flawless. I, I think, I think I said in the talk, I think they're just playing it really, really safe. I think they're playing it super, super safe. They're saying, all right, we're... We're gonna we're gonna do something that's not really gonna affect Crucible flow, not really gonna change anything, um, and 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 kind of keep thing keep things on a balanced you know field or whatever, and not have to worry about are these guns gonna break Crucible? Now the hope would be, the hope would be that they would slowly start to add more and get a little bit more exciting, but. I'll be honest, I'm not that concerned about Trials of Death Weapons right now. PvE has been suff- like suffering from zero loot hierarchy since Destiny 2 launched, so Trials can wait its turn, in my opinion. Um, it's a smaller portion of the player pool anyway. I mean, the PvE community needs loot hierarchy. We've needed it since vanilla. That when they were giving away freaking raid armor in the tower to people that were asleep while their, their clan beat the raid. Um, I don't know. I get that Trials doesn't really function all that well without Adept Weaponry at the Flawless Chest, but we've, wait, we've waited way longer. <laughs> you know? We've waited a whole lot longer. So. Avenger with the next question. This year has brought back Trials and Grandmasters uh, from what we know so far. They plan on building on top of these endgame content loops with Adept Weapons. Do you think building these up will help start to diversify the endgame experience with meaningful grinds? I mean, I would hope that they come up with something more exciting for Grandmasters other than currency. I can't see currency being a good enough reason. I really, really can't. Currency... Currency is such a weak, weak motivator. You know? Currency for literally the hardest content in Destiny is so weak. I don't know. They've got to come up with something more than that. And more than a title as well. You know? I don't know. When I, I really hope you're right. I hope they start looking at endgame content loops and adding more. Because and this is a good point that Thirty and Still Gaming made on the Rageous Roundtable. Mike was like, "All the hardcore grinders and PVE folks are going to go nuts, getting ready to raid. They're going to jump into the raid after two weeks, and then if all the best gears in the raid and they spend the next month or so grinding just the raid, they're kind of done. They're already they're already in the small circle, the small loot grind circle. It would be nice if there was really really dope." and worthy worthy gear of pursuit in other places other than the raid you know I feel like we're going to be waiting a lot longer still until they put any effort into raid incentives or gear I mean if you're if your prediction is true then Luke Smith 
and and sunsetting and the promises from the raid team were all literally just them talking out of their rear ends then like why would you have a member of the raid team saying they want to make more gear like that for the end game and then luke smith says they got to refuel aspiration if they say all that and then they don't give us actual incentives for raids then they said all that for literally no reason that would be the weirdest thing ever um i don't know if we land in beyond light and adept weapons show up in trials and raids and dungeons and everything else just get garden variety legendaries i'm gonna be freaking blown away i'll be like what on earth why would you even bring these things up in the director's cut then um i don't know it's starting to feel that way since the adept weapons fall extremely short but the but the adept weapons are landing in crucible that's why the, my middle section of the video is called a razor's edge they have to dance on a razor's edge they can't give you something insanely strong because then everybody would cry about that like we saw stasis footage in the crucible and immediately everyone was like calling foul that's too strong that's broken that's going to ruin crucible so like they have to walk on a razor's edge you know what I mean how is that weird? Bungie says stuff all the time that underdelivers or doesn't deliver at all. But I'm just so tired of engaging in exaggerated platitudes. That's not true. When they said they were going to look into doing things to smooth out leveling, they did. When they said they were going to bring back bounties, they did. Like when they considered making things less central with bounties, I, I'm assuming this week we're going to hear how leveling improves. Like, I feel like we're on a platitude batting ring, like batting cage today. Like, everybody's just speaking in exaggerated platitudes. They don't care at all about Crucible, you know? They say stuff all the time and underliver or don't deliver at all. And it's just like, okay. Then raid's gonna suck, loot's gonna suck, don't buy it, I guess. The raid already sucks, the loot already sucks, there's no reason to play the game. Can we just fast forward to December then and, like, not play? Like, I don't understand what people want me to say, like... They've said they've got their sights on a number of things from year four. And to be like, yeah, they're probably not going to, I, I, based on previous mistakes or things they didn't do right, I just... I, if I said the inverse, right? If I said the inverse and said, well, they promised to do this and they did, then that means they're going to. We're both doing the same thing. I'm cherry picking a time where they did it. You're going to cherry pick times where they didn't do it. And we're both landing on conclusions that are based on, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a biased sampling. Like I'm sa- I'm sampling something purely because I'm like, well, I want to be optimistic or I want to be pessimistic. And there's no real, like there's nothing really there that I can engage with. Like I told the guy this morning that was like, they don't care. They don't give a crap about the crucible community or crucible. I'm like, I can't even engage with that. What am I supposed to say? There's no conversation to be had. I, You know what I mean? They also said they weren't going to send out trials half-baked. Uh, but it, see, again, you can cherry-pick a negative, and I can cherry-pick a positive. We're never going to arrive at a, like... Well, I don't think they're going to get anything right. Why? Because they, got th- they didn't get things right this time here. Okay, well... They, they promised that they were going to work on bringing back difficulty spectrum and adding more things to the end game. And they did with Nightmare Hunts and the Nightfall, right? I would argue that Grandmaster Nightfalls haven't landed that well, but I actually think the difficulty spectrum and Nightmare Hunts worked really well, especially with the Supreme Nightmare mods. So you can always cherry pick an example. That's what I'm saying is like, I, 
I don't know. It's like whether or not it hits or misses right is in question. I just can't imagine being like, nah, they're gonna they're gonna screw it up. They're not gonna give us good raid gear. I really hope that's not true because they've talked about it a lot in multiple different ways from Luke Smith's director's cut to raid team commentary on Twitter. It would be, I think, pretty alarming if the, if they made zero improvement on raid weapons. I, the, the adept weapon announcement that they've made so far, let's be clear on something. I think they can go further than this, but I don't think we can expect much more. There's only so much room that you have. There's only so much wiggle room that you have when making upper echelon gear for trials. You go way too strong, it disrupts the entire ecosystem. You go way too shallow, no one gives a crap. Like, I think the biggest thing missing from this list, number one, is geometric differences. I think the guns should actually look different physically. They could do that with ornamentation. And secondly, I need more than stat bumps, right? I need more than stat bumps. If they need to walk this thin line for loot, do you think raid loot would be better than Adept Trials weapons? What I've continued to say, Sigmund, is that remember Focus Firefly on the Genesis chain? That's not going to do anything in Crucible. They need to focus on perks that won't do anything to Crucible. Osmosis would be an example. That's not a very good example, but it's an example of like, that perk isn't going to do anything in Crucible. It's, it's got to be PvE in its focus. So. <clears throat> yeah, if you make them too strong, it'd be a rich get richer situation. Lono just proved my point and said what I wrote. Quality isn't the conversation. They delivered what they thought was good and would work and everything they said they do, they've attempted. The thing with Trials that kind of that, that still blows me away, the thing with Trials of Osiris that still blows me away, is there were things that to me seem painfully obvious. Like hop on a Zoom call with any player with a brain, and they'd have been like, "People are going to low card farm. That you're gonna you're gonna end up with very bottom heavy cards." And people, people are going to not enjoy that. They're going to leave. They're gonna, there's going to be mass exodus. You can sit here and blame cheating all you want. The larger player base has been on the PlayStation for a while. Now, PC dwarfed that for a while, like overshadowed that for a while, because the PC had free to play in Steam. Right? If, if, if you do that, like, okay, yeah, but by and large, there are tons of people who play on console, and they didn't even keep Trials alive. Why? The reward structure was all wrong, low card farming, you know, etc. That, Trials is still a question mark for me, but they said, I'll give you an example of a cherry-picked positive. They said they were going to go for a narrative that was more of a baton pass season to season to season on a single evolving world, and I believe they've delivered that in year three. They went away from this episodic Black Armory Drifter opulence where every every season is completely disconnected from the other. They moved away from that, and we were told we were going to get a single evolving world structure where the story continues to hand off to the next story. And I believe they delivered that in year three. I believe that the storytelling has been, has been, I think, significantly better in year three than it was in years past. I think it's been more consistent and it's been and it's been and it's been more connected, interconnected, right? So that's something I feel like they got right. 
I'm just we're, what we're talking about now is the dile- of what we've seen for adept weapons and trials. If that's the level of quality they give in the raid, it's going to feel really disconnected. I think it contextually makes sense to have the weapons somewhat reined in because it's PvP, and I would hope that they could re- remove some of those reins in a PvP PVE environment. I still think they become out of touch with their own game. They shouldn't be missing things that are so obvious to the gamers. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you, Stephanie. I that trials made honestly the launch of trials still to this day makes no sense to me. Maybe they maybe inviting people that barely played the game or hadn't played in years, maybe it was overlooked, maybe too much of it was already built and they couldn't make changes midstream. I mean, who knows? The guys that went out and talked to them about trials hadn't played in years, so maybe they were purely focused on gameplay and gun feel, and they overlooked logistics. Maybe they pointed out the logistics, and Bungie's like, ah, it's been too far in development, we can't make these changes, because the patch pipeline's supposed to get better in year four, because they've changed everything. We're reinstalling the game, we're shrinking the file size, their patching pipeline's supposed to be a lot more efficient, they're shaving off like two weeks, maybe that'll help. So when someone flies out and is like, this is logistically stupid, they could make a change in time before it launches. Yeah. Like, they, they, we've, we got a lot, and this is what I've always said, this is what I've always said. We get inoculated to quality of life changes, so then we draw conclusions that are very narrow and negative. We wanted leveling to improve, storytelling to improve. We wanted bounties. Uh, we wanted more intentional loot grind. We got that in year three at almost every turn. Improved leveling. The artifact is automatic leveling for more casual players. They added bounties. They gave us a very, very intentional loot grind with the lectern, with the sundial, with the with the with the umbrals. But what happens is you get inoculated to that. You forget that none of that existed in year two and you it kind of gets out of frame for you and you don't see it. So then you see the rough spots and you're like, well, they messed this up. They messed that up. This wasn't right. Bungie's just really tone deaf. And it's like, if I would be Bungie, I'd be screaming like, wait a minute. You asked for literally these nine things and we all did them in year. We did all of them in year three. Like, how are we tone deaf? We're literally doing the things the community asked for. You know, but I think the quality of life stuff gets out of frame for us and we don't see it and it becomes an assumed thing. A great example of this is your cell phone. I want you to imagine right now going day to day without text messaging, Facebook email in your hand. You're inoculated to this. This is now just part of your daily life. So when your phone's not doing something right or it's slow or it's not exactly delivering what you've become accustomed to, you're like, this freaking phone sucks. And it's because like you're forgetting all of the quality that it has added like in the palm of your hand. So they add all these things to the game and they make all these improvements. And we're like, man, I, I don't need all of that. You say inoculated, but to me, they're just fixing things that should have already been fixed. I uh, thank you, Justin, for the new patron. That is just such a horrible way to look at it. So, and this is why, this is why I'm not trying to single you out, but the Destiny community has so many folks like yourself that are exhausting and tiring to interact with, and here's why. Bungie can't win. 
with you. They listen to the community feedback and make changes. And when I use that to refute the pessimistic attitude that they're tone deaf, disconnected, and can't get anything right, and I use that, you flip it into a negative and you're like, yeah, but it should have already been in there. Let me press pause. So they should have fast-forwarded into the future and understood that we were going to live in Lost Sectors with bounties when they added bounties, or when they didn't put bounties in the game and they tried something new called challenges, and the challenges were individual to the actual activity. We wanted bounties back. They give us bounties back. Like, they can't win with you. When they make a quality of life improvement, you're like, yeah, but it should have already been there. They should have been able to read the tea leaves of the future of the the, the, the schizophrenic nature of the Destiny community where we ask for one thing and then we hate it when we get it. Right? Like, they, they can't win. Like, there's apparently right now, they should already know what year five should look like, even though we haven't played year four. So when they make improvements in year five based on feedback in year four, you're going to do woulda, shoulda, coulda, and be like, well, they should have done this to begin with. It's like, well, wait a minute. Hang on a second. Like... <laughs> If they're making changes in response to your feedback, you can't then say they should have known this. Certain things, there's just, there's no way, I don't think there was any way for them to know that we were going to miss bounties because they added it as a more, it was more interwoven into your experience. It was just in the strikes. They were called challenges. We ended up not liking that. They added, um, uh, did, 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 what was it called? What did they called it? Um, what was it called? Like an intentional farm. I forget what they called it. I called it intentionality. They did the skeleton key thing late year uh, in Destiny 1. It was something that we had asked for, right? Targeted farming is what they called it. They called it targeted farming. They gave us skeleton keys. We ended up not liking a lot of it. DMG tweeted about Trials Rewards when half his community was locked out of rewards. He had to ask Chevy, what are we not talking about? I mean, but that's a community manager. I'm not going to use that as an example of the entire company being tone deaf. No vendor loot refresh after sunsetting three years of weapons is going to be a major issue. Are we really pulling Nightshade from Zavala still? No, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. You guys know I'm not a bungee apologist, right? We, I'm not a bungee apologist. What, I, what I'm saying is, we're having two different conversations. In that conversation, if there's literally zero vendor refresh and they don't, they don't up those activities loop pools, I'm going to be pretty ticked off. I'm going to join you in that frustration. I'm talking about the attitude where whenever we're talking about changes that are coming, people are like, it's probably going to suck. They have a history of screwing up. They're terrible. They're tone deaf. They don't even listen. And then when you point out ways that that attitude doesn't fully actually represent the game and its evolution they're like yeah well they should have done all that to begin with like you can't win it's just like an alamo they retreat to like that feedback's been around since when season of the drifter there couldn't have been feedback about bounties in season of the drifter because there were no bounties like that in season of the drifter the entire bounty system got overhauled in year three not to mention when they added the bounties in year three the artifact and the season pass entered the picture which is one of the main reasons bounties became over focused upon if the artifact and the season pass wouldn't have been added in year three no one would have looked at the looked at the bounties the way that they did it was a perfect storm that in some regards was 
was not something they could have predicted. People want bounties. Boom, they add bounties. Not only do they want bounties, they added repeatable bounties. A brand new concept for people who grind day in, day out. Now, they did that simultaneously with another team working on an artifact and another team working on the season pass. And they all came together for a bad cocktail. It was like, wait, this is the most efficient way to level up the season pass. There's really, really cool things late game on the season pass, like level 72 or 92 or whatever. So again, you look at it in a vacuum and you're just like, oh no, they they completely messed us up. They should have known what we were going to do or what we were going to say. And it's like, they were adding things that had never been in the game before. Like, I never would have imagined an artifact or a season pass in Destiny. That's That's a brand new concept that came in Destiny with Shadowkeep. And bounties became like this hyper-focused thing because people just had that desire. I want to get to level 72. I want to get level 92. I want to unlock all the things on the artifact. Like, you know how we are. So again, we get inoculated. Like, it gets out of frame for you. You forget all of that and you're just like, yeah, bounties suck, man. How did Bungie screw up bounties of all things? Bounties? And then we get a seasonal event and people are like, great, more bounties. Thanks, Bungie. Season of the bounty. And it's like... And that's what I that's what I mean like they can't win. I'm not being a, I'm not like up defending them. They've had some real doozies of some bumbles. Like Guardian Games is a, like I don't even know how they messed that up as bad as they did. That was really bad. So, this is just a side tangent. A little side tangent that sometimes it just gets really really tiring to be like, let's talk about what has actually happened, what actually needs to be improved, and we get stuck in this like weird fog of pessimism that's so rooted in exaggeration and platitudes that I'm like, I don't know what I can grab onto to interact with because it's so big in how people talk about it. I've identified my main problem with bounties. They lean on them too much now for content. But you're saying they lean on them for content. Bungie probably thinks, you know what? We can't add strikes every time we do a season. We do a new activity. We add bounties in there to shake things up and spice things up. And then you're going to run it. You know, and you're saying they lean on it too much for content. But the alternative would probably be, what, less? I mean, every three months paying $10 and getting new stuff to chase and do. There's probably going to be some padding in there. There's probably going to be some padding in there. I would think, you know. So, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, when you look at the actual track record of this game, right? When we look at the actual track record of this game, it's actually, I think, done a pretty good job of improving and implementing community feedback. I think they've done a better job at that than they've done a poor job. If, if you think of it, I think the best, exa- the, the best analogy I use is like baseball innings. I feel like they've had more good innings than bad innings. Like, if you look at the overall game, if you're looking at the scoreboard of a baseball game, you're like, what? They've had a lot of good innings. They had some real stinkers in there, but most of of these innings have been pretty good. I think the bad innings just stand out in some people's memories and some people's minds, and that just sort of overshadows everything. They take forever to do it. I mean, they've acknowledged that. That's, I mean, they're, they're making us reinstall the game so they can trim down their pipeline of updates by two entire weeks. That's not bad. That's not immediate, right? I mean, obviously, every game has its own workflow and its own level of agility. Some games are more agile than others. So. 
I think they've managed to consistently get people on base and get some and get some people home, get some decent home runs here and there, and put some points on the board, and they've kept the community going for 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 you know five years now. So, I gotta move. I gotta move on. It was, it was just a side tangent. It was just a side tangent. The pessimism's running strong. And it tends to do that when we get into the valley. We get into the valley of content. There's nothing going on. It's dark. And everyone's just like, we're never going to see light again. It's dark. And I'm like, okay, we'll get over this crest. It'll be nice for a while. And then you'll get back down to a valley. And, you know, you'll take a break. Yeah, being stuck at home doesn't help. Right. I think, I think. It's a good thing I've gone through, you know, years of this type of content of Q&A and back and forth because I would say this is the most cantankerous and pessimistic the community's ever been. I'm used to the rhythm. I've done this. This ain't my first rodeo. The valley before new content's always pretty dark and pretty grumpy. This is probably the most grumpy we've ever been. Not just this community that hangs out here, just the Destiny community in general. It is pretty grumpy right now. And I, I, I attribute it to a perfect storm of everything that's been happening. So that's why I'm just kind of like, I'm just, I get a little transparent sometimes and I'm like, man, this just gets exhausting. It's just very platitudinous. It's just very negative. It's very pessimistic. But at the same time, I can zoom out and kind of understand what exactly is going on. We've been here before. It's just right now, I think the, 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 the frustration dial is turned up a little louder than normal, you know? This is the most pessimistic I've ever been. To be fair, yeah, yeah, no, no. I think everybody has gone higher on the on the knob than they're used to, and I think that's 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 part of everything we're talking about. Um, Mr. Han Brolo with the next question: How do you feel about them adding adept weapons to a free-to-play endgame content for a relatively small player base over the paid PVE content on launch? I think trials should have them, but PVE endgame lacks driving motive for loot, and that's the bulk. This is something that it's like, you know, when you've seen those old movies and they're like shaking the, the, they're shaking the bowl and like everything's falling through and they're looking for gold or whatever. I would call this the sifting, the sifting bowl of free to play. As the game gets sort of sifted through free to play, there are certain unpleasantries that are arriving. They're kind of like rising to the surface because the game is going through like a filter. It's like they're, they're like sifting it through and some things are dropping through and are free. And what it's leaving behind, I think, is some unpleasantries. People don't have an idea of what they're getting that's paid and not paid. They're kind of irritated. They're like, okay, Trials is free and getting a dev weapons. What about the rest of the freaking game? Like, I think essentially free to play and, and Game Pass is making a lot of these discussions no one really knows which way's up no one knows even the people that are like I'm fine with that that's fine or I think we know enough or I'm excited for the expansion or whatever or people that are fine with this the, the, you know trials getting adept weapons I mean I think I think even they would look at this and be like yeah it is a little confusing I can't really explain it to you about why it's okay um I feel like delaying strike adepts over PvP is kind of eh. It's adding to the free-to-play content being more than peer-to-peer-to-peer? Oh, pay-to-play. Um, right, 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 right. The, uh, that's the dilemma. I just think the minute you go free-to-play, you make your maps and your PvP game modes free-to-play, there are negatives that come along with that. There's positives that come with it, but there's also negatives that come along with it. And... 
the fact that you're going to look at that and compare it, I think this would be my only pushback. This would be my only pushback. More than likely, I think this is a safe assumption. I don't make lots of assumptions about the game. I try not to. But I think it's a safe assumption to say that the raid will have something special about its weapons to the level of or beyond what we've seen for Adept Weaponry. That is a decent match. Okay, so if my assumption is true, then I think we're okay. In Beyond Light, PvP has its best of the best weapons up in Trials, and we have ours in a raid. As time goes on, yes, we would like to see weapon hierarchy landing in other environments like the Strike Playlist and Nightfalls. If that makes sense. Now again, what I'm saying is based on the assumption that the raid gets some dope stuff, and it's clear that the weapons are worth pursuing. So then your endgame PvE and your endgame PvP are a match to each other. They, 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 in essence, they mirror each other. Okay? And then the hope would be that that would spread through the game. This is why I think Difficulty Spectrum and Nightmare Hunts and Nightfalls also needs to spread through the game. Because Trials has the, the, the non-competitive, the competitive, and then, the, and then, and then uh, Trials of Osiris. So Crucible has non-competitive, competitive, and Trials. We have Strikes, Strikes are Strikes, that's it. And then we have a Difficulty Spectrum in Nightfalls, and that's it. We don't have Difficulty Spectrum in our Dungeons, or our Seasonal Activities, or our Raids. There's at least some semblance of a Spectrum in Crucible. You know? There's some semblance over there. We PVE is just all over the place to a certain degree. If they don't bring back hard mode for activities, seasonal activities or raids, and then also attach a loot incentive to it, I'll be pretty disappointed. I'll feel like, yeah, this feels kind of like a half measure. You made some of the loot better in the raid, but it still just feels very, very half measure. Instead of difficulty spectrum, they will just add prison of elders back with no spectrum. <laughs> Droop says, do you think it's best to put one of the adept type weapons in possibly a few strikes or other activities to placate the player base? It seems it may ease the tension between casual and hardcore if they give the casual something good to chase that it's not difficult to obtain. So I always feel like when someone uh, proposes a suggestion like this, that you are solving for X and X doesn't exist. And what I mean is this. You're describing a player that plays casual and will only run something very basic like a strike playlist. And not only are they casual, they're also very motivated to get super, super awesome adept weaponry. Generally speaking, I don't think these players exist in large numbers. And you're describing somebody who doesn't just... They're they're gravitating towards casual content. There are people here right now who play a casual amount of hours, but they're going to do their darndest to get in the raid and get the dope stuff, even though they only put in, you know, a couple of hours. So if day in, day out, week in, week out, you're gravitating to the more casual content, I don't think that type of player is also going to say, I really deserve the best of the best weaponry, or I really want the best of the best weaponry. I think if you tried to quantify that type of a player, they'd be very small. It'd be a minority. The... The average, the average player that gets really, really like, I need the best of the best. I need focus firefly. I need those plus three stats on my guns that they have in trials. A player with that sentimentality is not going to then also just always gravitate to the casual content. They kind of go one and one and one in the same. I'll give you an example. 
grinding for god roll exotic pieces of armor do you know very many casuals that are like I absolutely need a 65 Nezerax. I need a 65 ne- Nezerax. I need the stat lean to hit discipline and, re- and recovery and that's really what I'm going for no generally the type of player that cares about that it's a value to them they tend to go into the content where that is I'm not saying everyone I'm not saying everyone but by and large when you meet that casual player that lives in the public space and strikes they're not like, dude, I, I need that weapon. I just, I, I need a 65 Nezerax. They're not, it's not, those two kind of don't go together. Casuals do complain about stats, though. It's weird. I mean, no one likes to get a crappy stat roll. I'm not saying that, like, casuals accept garbage loot. What I'm saying is, is when you make something that is like what they've described here, I think generally these adept weapons are going to appeal to more hardcore players than casual now i'm not saying the casual looks at the weapons and thinks that oh i don't care about that i just give me crap i'm good with junk that's not what i'm saying in general the general propensity of a player with affinities and desires that are driven by having the absolute best stats and the absolute best gear generally not always generally they're going to gravitate towards the content where that stuff is anyway they're going to be happy to get a team together to run a dungeon or a raid Listen, and with respect, with respect, if all you ever run is a public event or the strike playlist, I don't really give a frick if you want better gear. That's, I don't care. Like, with as much love in my heart as I can muster, that's just a stupid way to think. <laughs> like, you're not running hard content. Games like this are structured. You run the toughest stuff, you get the best stuff. We've been lacking that for years. Did it do anything for you? This is the question that I would pose to the casual player. Did it do anything for you? Did it make your experience better since Shadowkeep launched, knowing that the Garden of Salvation guns weren't that great? Did that make your experience better? Did it make your running of the strikes and the public event content, did it make it better that I got basically garden variety junk in the raid? Well, no, it didn't make it better. Then shut the frick up. Like, what's it matter? If I could have went and run garden with my buds and gotten some dope standout loot with really cool perks and things that were unique, that doesn't hurt your experience. It doesn't. Your experience wasn't somehow made better by the loot being diluted in Garden of Salvation. It, it, it isn't. You're being pandered to like a baby. Let's be honest. If that matters to you, and you're glad, and you never played Garden, and you're glad that the loot in Garden wasn't that good, you're being pandered to like an entitled baby. Like, that's not how you build a game, that's not how you treat a player base. If I'm going into the toughest content, there's gotta be a loot incentive inside of there. There's got to be something in there motivating. The the carrot has to justify the journey. And if you love living in the public space or the seasonal content like Sundial or the Strike Playlist, fine. More power to you. Your lack of desire, ability, or care to go into the toughest content should not, your lack of desire, care, or skill should not dilute what I get when I go up there. That's such a dumb way of thinking. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's it's just dumb. It doesn't even make any sense. 
if I went into a game like World of Warcraft or Elder of Scroll, Elder Scrolls Online, I was like, what's the best loot? Oh, well, I'm making this up. This loot here is called Diamond Loot. It has all these extra things about them. And when you wear a diamond set, oh man, that's when your stats really start to synergize. That's awesome. I want to get that, but I want to get it by playing an hour a day and just basically going into this one cave. I'm sorry, what? What do you mean? You're approaching our game, our game systems, our game's hierarchies and logistics, and you're asking for the best of the best with a lack of care, desire, or willingness to go into those environments. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. I would never approach a game and do that. I just want to run in these cave systems. They're low level. They're easy. They're real real casual. I shut my mind off and just hack my way through the mobs. The reason that I haven't run raids in D2 like I did in D1 is because there's nothing I want. I would grind PvE to take into PvP. Well, either that or there's just cooler stuff in there. You couldn't get Genesis Chain anywhere else. You couldn't get that perk anywhere else. Xeno, uh, you know, the, the Nano Phoenix, I'm sorry, you know, was a really rare, you know, cosmetic drop. $3 from Ashen, Spicy Lono, loving it. Thank you. Um... I want to read what Big Mile Strike says. says, No matter how many hours you play, you will always want the coolest and best loot regardless of if you'll actually use it. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But I'm telling you, I think that's one of the greatest questions to ask somebody. You know, hey, you don't really go into raids. You don't really you don't really go into uh, Endgame. Um, the fact that like Crown of Sorrow and Garden of Salvation had pretty mediocre loot... Like, did that make your experience in the game better? Did that do anything for you? Well, no. How would that make my experience better? I just play strikes in public events. Okay, so then why does it matter if that if the, if Garden would have had really really awesome guns? What does it matter to you? <laughs> it does. You know what I'm saying? It's again, you're 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 placating to and pandering to people that are just wanting to whine about like, oh, the better stuff's up there. Now I agree. I agree, you gotta be careful with trials. You don't want a rich-get-richer scenario. You don't want to be handing out, like, luck-in-the-chamber hand cannons in the flawless trials chest, so you make it harder for mediocre players to stand a chance against those who keep winning. There was a, um... Was it Homeland? I think it was Home... What was that game called? Homefront. Homefront? I think it was a game called Homefront. And it was a little bit like Call of Duty. And they had a uh, PvP mode, okay? And one of the dangers and struggles that always existed in Call of Duty was that the more kills you got, you got things called kill streaks, which gave you, gave you advantages. And it led to some snowball, and it led to some rich getting richer, okay? But it was just something that you kind of accepted in Call of Duty. And in this game, Homefront, whenever I was playing it, they had kill streaks that I, I'm not making this up. This has actually happened. This went through a testing period, and they put this in the Dadgum game. If you got enough kills, you got a health boost and you were harder to kill, and then you got a damage boost so you killed other people faster. It had to be one of the dumbest, most short-sighted things I had ever seen in my entire life in the history of playing like online PvP games. It was incredibly short-sighted. You would literally end up with somebody in a house that was unkillable. It was like trying to storm like a cave with Godzilla in it, with like a toothpick you're like i'm coming in and he has to shoot you like a couple of times and you have to shoot him a bunch of times it was so dumb like that's probably the most extreme example i can give you of rich get richer you give the person winning more health and damage so they become unkillable 
So you got to be careful where you go into the trials environment and you could create a similar ecosystem where this guy's winning and gets better gear and wins easier with that gear. No, it was worse than Juggernaut. Yeah, Juggernaut and World at War was pretty annoying. But the reason Juggernaut kind of was okay, in quotations, was because everybody could run it. Imagine getting Juggernaut times two just because you got a kill streak. You be- you become unkillable. You become unstoppable. You just run through... You just, you know, it, was, it was absurd. So the point I'm making is I think Crucible's in a different category. When I run a raid or a dungeon, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things Bungie could add that they haven't added that would make that that, that make that loot worth my worth my time. Gilly in the Mist says, Do you think pitting the Adept Weapon mods in the same slot as a normal mod is a good idea? They'll have to compete with the seasonal and regular mods, and it seems like it will get constrictive. I believe in Adept mods, uh, Adept Weapons, they deserve to get an extra socket. I am reserving like my final conclusion on this, but I will say as a preliminary judgment, I think this was a bad decision because you're pitting the weapon against mods that players are already accustomed to using. And it's going to be really, I think hard for people to sense that like, Oh, it's definitely worth it. Unless you put a depth Icarus in there that costs a certain stat or something. But here's the thing. I already have Icarus. Why am I going to take a slightly better version of Icarus and then murder one of my other stats? Or maybe not murder, but take some of my other stats away. Presently, I don't have to do that. I don't have to sacrifice any of my stats. So yeah, my preliminary judgment here that we can't really come to a full conclusion because we haven't seen all the mods yet. My preliminary is like, yeah, they should have went a little bit farther with this. They should have. Gilly in the Mist. What's your opinion on Adept Weapons getting their power cap set to Season of the Worthy? It seems dumb to cap them three seasons behind when they came out since they're brand spanking new for PvP guys. This is one of those times where I feel that Bungie just can't help themselves. They're like, alright guys, alright guys, there's no bad ideas. How can we make sunsetting even less appealing before it gets here? I've got an idea. Let's reissue Gnawing Hunger, but not really reissue it, and the new ones have a greater, higher infusion cap, and and the old ones don't. That's a great idea. That's really going to make people doubt that sunsetting is good for the game. Any other ideas? (laughs) I got a doozy. Why don't we introduce Adept Trials Weapon, a perceived vacancy from the very minute the trials launched? Why don't we land those in the game, but not give them an updated infusion and infusion limitation? Let's not do that. Oh, that's another great idea. It's like... They literally had a meeting and they were like, how can we make sunsetting even less appealing to the community than it already is? And they just keep smacking that out of the park. They're like, let's do everything we can to make people hate sunsetting. It's, it's, you're campaigning against something that you said was needed and that a lot of us know is needed and we want. And it's like you're passively campaigning against it. Why did you do that with the gnawing hunger? Why? Why did you do that? And why are you doing this? You finally bring adept weapons and you're like, isn't that great? Oh, by the way, before you leave, <laughs> it's not going to get its infusion cap up uh, updated. What difference does it make if they would have updated it? Who cares? There's going to be new guns in season 13 for trials. It doesn't even make any sense. They're acting. 
they're actively campaigning against sunsetting i don't get it like I, this is why i think some people are like oh yeah it's always one step forward two steps back with bungie and they get real pessimistic i, I it's understandable sometimes it's like what are y'all doing it's if it, it's like it's like i'm sitting here trying to convince you guys that sunsetting is a good idea because i because i i've been kind of i've been kind of wanting in the game for a long time and Bungie's doing everything they can to make people not want it. <laughs> Agent Atwood is asking for a like rollover. We are at 792 likes. Every time you guys hit the like button, it helps out my channel. If you haven't clicked subscribe yet, please do so. This is a, a live-only channel now, okay? I no longer do uploads except for, like, the Rageous Roundtable on the weekends. So I will not overwhelm your sub feed. So if you hit subscribe and the bell button, you're only going to get notified Monday through Friday when I'm live streaming. It's a safe-for-work broadcast. Uh, it's like an interactive podcast. You can keep me on in the background while you're playing Destiny or working from home or whatever. So make sure and subscribe to the channel and smash the like button. Thank you so much. That helps us uh, get suggested in feeds and different things. I think this path towards adept weapons, unless Bungie shows us an incentive, which so far it doesn't, I'm scared for the PvE weapon changes for hierarchy and the raids. Yeah, we've already kind of touched on that. Darksider says, what's even more funnier is that they updated the Trials armor gotten this season to a rival's cap of 1360 while the armor gotten in worthy remained at 1310 while the weapons remained at 1310 it doesn't make any sense <laughs> it doesn't make any sense it doesn't like the, here okay i'm going to give you my theory on what's going on with sunsetting this is my theory i think luke smith and others came to the conclusion that sunsetting was going to be needed and I think they approached all the different teams and team leads and they're sort of having to shoehorn it in and it's causing problems. They're like, dude, what are you doing? What do you mean sunsetting? We had all this stuff cooked up for the Umbrals. We had all this stuff cooked up for Season of, of Rivals. What, what are you doing? No, we're not ready for this. And what happens? Gnawing hunger happens. Like, I, I feel that. That's what I feel. That's my theory. I feel that sunsetting is being shoehorned into the game, and a lot of these devs and a lot of these teams were not setting up anything in regards to it. So now it's kind of having... it's it, There's there's rough spots. It's like, what are you doing? You guys are making sunsetting really unappealing. That's what I think is going on. It's not about the left hand not talking to the right hand. I think you got to remember... A lot of the production and a lot of the development is already in motion. So when Luke Smith comes to conclusions, he gets with team leads and they start to brainstorm. They talk about, okay, weapon design team, sandbox team, what's one of your biggest struggles? And they're going to talk about unlimited viability. They can infuse the stuff for forever. And so we never really we, we never really get outside of this little safe space because guns are always viable in the end game. And so the raid team is always breathing down our neck to say, listen, you can't make those weapons too strong because we're doing this, 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 and this mechanic. And those really strong perks you want to do would undermine our raid. Okay? So... I, it's like they had this meeting and they're like, all right, we need to institute sunsetting and we got to have limited end game viability. Let's pull the trigger on it. And when they kick that down, down the, the, you know, the memo trail into certain departments, those departments are like, bro, we're midstream here. Like <laughs> we're midstream. We're, we've are, we're halfway through the development cycle of this content. We're going to, we're going to have to shoehorn that in. It's not going to, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. It's called Parallel Development. He talked about that in his first director's cut. They're always developing three seasons at the same time. In Like, this team's working on Arrivals, this team's working on Worthy, and this team's working on Dawn. They're all midstream. 
that's why big changes like that system-wide changes tectonic changes they don't happen all that often they don't happen all that often because they because the minute they do that they got to say hey guys you're gonna you're just gonna hate to hear this um but i know you're you know you're you're 70 on on that season you guys are nearing uh final stage prep and and uh, testing we're gonna have to implement a change to bounty xp distribution as well as uh infusion capping all of the gear and they're like wait what we didn't design any of this with that in mind and then and then that's when these problems start to emerge People say this is a bad idea because Bungie isn't responsible with their implementation, and then Bungie does exactly what the people uh, act like it's not confirmation; it's a bad idea. I'm, I'm missing the I'm missing your logic there. Um, oh, and then Bungie does exactly that, but people act like it's not confirmation; it's a bad idea. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and try and make excuses. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to give you a picture into how. Most of the teams are midstream when a big decision comes down. And that's why a lot of this stuff... And again, I am theorizing. I am theorizing about why this is happening. I think sunsetting is getting shoehorned into content that wasn't ready for it. And the hope would be that most of Beyond Light and and, and past it are built with sunsetting in mind. Horn Joe says, would you prefer if Bungie did something different with the depths? Personally, I wish targeted elemental burns. I'm not going to get down on a laundry list of things I want to see. I just pick it, keep it pretty generic. It needs to be standout. Um, what, what were the, what were the expressions I used down here? Um, we need unique standout gear that drives us to classic end game grind. That's, um, that's, that's, that's kind of my check boxes. I don't want to get too specific because it's unlikely I'm going to get, I'm not going to get my laundry list of wants. Ashen. Do you think that pinnacle weapons made Bungie leery of making standout weapons with regards to PVP strength? Yes. I think mountaintop and recluse. This is actually a really good piece of, uh, of insight. I think Mountaintop and the Recluse are like shadows over the Crucible and the Crucible team, especially the team that worked on these Trials Adepts, they're like, they're under that shadow. They're like fearful to like reach too far. Ooh, and then they're going to get stung because they're like, yo, yo, we can't make these too strong. Look at what the Recluse and the Mountaintop did to the Crucible. And so that's, that's looming as like this, don't go this way. This is treacherous, you know? I'm going to start moving faster through the questions because we are at an hour. Flynn, would you say that Bungie is under-delivering for adept weapons to buff them later for some of the same things? Well, I, okay, so I'm going to answer your question uh, another another way, all right? It's a whole lot easier to swing low and then turn the dial up and be like, you know, guys, we didn't quite go far enough with adept weapons. We want to go a little bit further and we're going to be doing XYZ to really give them a slightly... Uh, you know, a slight bit more punch or a, or a bump in quality. It's a lot harder to overswing and then have to cur- and then have to curb them down. If you have to curb them down, everybody's going to be ticked off. Are you kidding me? We finally get some good weapons and now you're going to nerf them. It's a lot easier to swing under and then they can slowly raise those dials and say, okay, now we're going to turn some of these things up. So from a design standpoint, I know I called this safe. I think they are playing it safe. I think that's probably the right call. That's probably the right call to play it safe at first, and then maybe and then maybe slowly 
tune them up as opposed to tuning them down Han Solo with this very minor stat bumps that they outline with the trials weapons do you think that they should look at Warmind cells and sort of build off a decent idea like that if you're speaking with respect to PvE yes I've consistently said it's more about it's more about um what the weapon does think of guns as spell casters I want my weapon to do something Warmind cells is a good example spawn something do something have an, have an effect I, I know I'm going to shoot enemies and go boom boom and reload it. I don't need I don't care about all that. Damage and reload perks are so boring. I need the gun to do something. Genesis Chain is memorable for that reason. Xylo Supercell, obviously an exotic, but still memorable. It did something. Ashen, sorry to double dip, but if Bungie wanted to give us a taste of weapons after sunsetting takes place, why would they not make some standout weapons for this season? Oh, for the one that we're in now? I mean, this this is kind of like what we were doing earlier, a little bit of woulda, shoulda, coulda. I think they want to save the bangers for the for the expansion. I still feel like they've got some bombs to drop. Everything feels very, very strained, choked, and weird. I'm not trying to hype you guys up, but I still feel like they've got some bombs to drop. Something's missing. Something's wrong. Something's not right. Like, everything feels very disconnected and disparate, and it's like, what is all this? I think they're keeping a bunch of big bombs, like, close to their chest. And if not, then, you know, we'll all be kind of disappointed and be like, wow, it was just kind of another ho-hum expansion. But I feel there are missing puzzle pieces usually I can piece things together I'm like okay and we line everything up and kind of make predictions and get a grip on where we think we're headed and what we're going to be looking at I can't do that right now I'm very very like foggy on what exactly is going on right now Anbu with the OG backup mag being plus 30 and adept is plus 40 do you think that the extra 10 is worth the minus 20 handling it seems like the negative is heavier than the positive See, this is what I'm talking about. They can tune that, right? So at first you're like, yeah, it's not really worth it. And then nobody uses it. Bungie revisits it and said, all right, we're going to give you the plus 10 in the mag, extra 10 bullets, and we're only going to lower handling by 10. We're going to curve the pain down a little bit. It's sensible, right? The mag's heavier. Handling would get slower. Like handling, aiming down sight and all of that would get a little more sluggish if your mag was heavier. Brace frame did that in D1 in the opposite direction. It was a faster reload, and the mag got smaller. Made sense. Smaller mag, faster reload. Lighter mag. It's a smaller mag in size. Smaller piece of of equipment. So, your equipment getting larger would slow down handling, because the weapon would be heavier. But, I don't care. You can explain it to me logically. It doesn't matter, Lono, if it's too painful. You are are likely correct here. They might reevaluate and say, yeah, you know what? Nobody's using that. It's too painful. The extra 10 in the mag is really nice, but man, nobody nobody wants to have their handling hurt that much. So they curb it down. It's easier to do that than to be like, oh man, this is too influential. We now have to make that mod more painful. And then everyone's like, oh, I like that mod. And now you made the mod unenjoyable. They're pl- I think they're playing it safe. Brandon. How would they make a debt weapon stand out without being so unique that it borders on being exotic? I think it should border on being exotic. I think that the Wendigo, I think the Wendigo and the Delirium and the Loaded Question are perfect examples of 
trend almost exotic i think that's actually where they should land think about it they're not garden variety legendaries so there needs to be a tier in between exotic and a god roll legendary so what you're describing is in essence exactly how it should be if they border on exotic we run into the same problem of having mountaintop recluse the pinnacles basically were the only things used so we do that now with legendaries anyway you find the you find the god roll hand cannon you find the god roll primary and you just run that you're always going to have people gravitate towards certain weapons shouldn't it be better that they're actual weapons that are worth it now again you're talking in pvp i've consistently said they need to be pve in their focus i don't really care if the lion's share of the pve community gravitates towards the best awesome super dope adept raid weapons that's kind of how it should be we do it anyway we already do it. We already do it. We we we, we gravitate like like the, the guillotine guillotine wither horde combo right now. It's boom, awesome stuff drops. We all use the awesome stuff. I'd much rather have it tied to the fact that like I ran a raid and got a god roll hand cannon with some cool adept perks, and man, this thing just slays in PVE. That's how it should be. This idea that you're somehow going to create upper echelon gear, but there's a variety in loadout, that's a fool's errand. That's a pipe dream. You're not getting there. The minute you add upper echelon gear, standout gear, that will define much of the endgame meta or loadouts for people. You're talking mostly PvP adepts? The PvP adept weapons don't seem like they're going to do anything in PvE. I'm not taking anything from Trials because it gets a couple extra stats. Yeah, 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 no. I'm talking raid gear, dude. Raid gear, dungeon gear, night nightfall gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting kind of cloudy here. I think the Trials Adept weapons need to stay in the lane they've established. Nice little stat bumps, nice little mod bumps. You can't go too crazy with them. I don't want the, the um, you know, Adept weapons, I guess because of the way he phrased his question. I read it and thought about the raid. You're reading it and thinking about Trials. True, true. So, let me qualify. PvE adept weapons need to border on being exotic, as the Delirium, the Wendigo, and the Loaded Question actually do that. They have perks that make them close to feeling like they're exotic pieces of gear. When I end a raid, I should feel that way to some degree about the loot I'm walking away from, because it's a raid. It's the end. Infinite Rest. With minor stat bonuses not feeling significant enough for PvE adept weapons, do you think Bungie needs to focus on creating perks that are adept specific and only active in PvE against minions of the darkness while in a darkness zone? Right. I said this all the time in D1. I don't know if you were around back then. I said that phrase against minions of the darkness is one of the best ways to start creating just insane, insane perks for PvE content, right? Crit, crit shot causes massive explosion you know if it's the fourth crit shot in a row or something in against minions of the darkness like just add that little tagline brendan do you think we're still going to be in the situation of left hand not talking to the right hand when we get into witch queen or is beyond light the turning point man i really really hope that the luke smith vision and the luke smith director's cut and the and the, and the changing of the guard and the and people leaving and all of that i hope that's why that's happening that like the chaff is falling away and we got a clear vision of where we need to go if not then I think everyone's going to be like how do you guys still have a 
internal dissonance. What's going on here? By now, this stuff should have ironed itself out. I think every company of this size, especially working from home, is going to struggle with some degree of internal communication dissonance. I think we have to come to be not necessarily acceptant of that, like, oh, that's fine. You guys can screw things up and miscommunicate. No, but we have to have some understanding and empathy to be like, there's going to be some level of communication dissonance in companies that are this large and working from home. Even if they weren't working from home, I just think companies this large, sometimes that's going to happen. My hope would be that it would be minimal and less noticeable as a result of this unified vision that we hope is happening. So... Great Q&A if you have selected a VIP tier as a member, as a paying member on Patreon or here on the YouTube. You could jump in and do some VIP call-ins we're about to do. If you want all my content in one location, be sure to bookmark sntrnetwork.com. I have schedules there about what's coming up and what we're talking about. Uh, There's also the Rageous Roundtable and Repeat Theater. So right now you can go to SNTR Presents. uh, You just go to the SNTR Network and then click on this show and you have a schedule. No Weapons 2.0 is tomorrow. Saving Bounties is Wednesday and then Console Update Delays is Thursday. All that stuff can get shuffled around if more pressing matters drop like the vid doc but that's the tentative schedule for the week sntrnetwork.com make sure to bookmark it it also has all my videos so if you prefer video uploads you don't necessarily have to watch the live stream you can bookmark this website and everything hits there weapon changes all the lack of info q a and everything else live on the site so as always if you're listening or watching in the other locations please like share and subscribe